Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Um... I'm going to get this right the first time. Sachi Cool. No. Fuck. (laughs) You got the first one. It is Sachi Cool. Like my dead heart. Oh, yeah. Sachi Cool, an editor at Hazlitt Magazine. Welcome to Shortcuts. This episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Marissa Stroud, Samuel Belpierre, Albert Tabrak, Niall McFadden, Mathieu Sylvain, Amy ZH. Derek, Martin Bear, Adam Jury, and Kimberly Stevens. Kimberly, why did you decide to be awesome? Well, I've always wanted a journalist on my payroll. That way you can shine a light on inconvenient truth without getting fired. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does 
BetterHelp. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. The Dean Blundell Show. On the edge. Are you better clap? I better what? Clap. Crap? Clap. Sound like a duck. Here's Adrian, the um, East Asian gay porn star weatherman. Good morning, Adrian. I'm not sure if you can not you can hear that, but I'm I'm humping and raping a goat as it as we all speak. Look at those guys, those MMA guys in their skin tight outfits. Now that is super gay. But when guys do that on the street because their male sexual frustration is so <laughs> intense, and someone spills your beer and you go, window of opportunity. <laughs> this is my window to put on my big boy voice. And he's going to jail. Yes. Which, you know, judging by the sounds of his crime, he's probably really excited about. Well, uh, all uh, I know is is that you've damned a man to five of the greatest years of his life. True. When you said guilty, was he like, hot diggity dog? <laughs> Everybody dance now. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so those are sounds from Dean Blundell's old show on 102.1 The Edge here in Toronto. And those are the actual specific sounds at the end there that got him fired from that show. He's now back on the air at, uh, what is it? Sportsnet, I think, gave Sportsnet. him a, yeah, their new channel or whatever they're doing. And you wanted to talk about this. What, what do you think about Dean Bundell's return to the airwaves? Oh, I, I don't understand how it took so long. We should give him a, a million dollars to do <laughs> one million different shows. Uh, he is a, uh, I use this term a lot, and I know I overuse it, but he is a garbage man, like a man made of different parts of garbage. Right. And I like I I don't know why I'm surprised that somebody's giving him another shot, but it is incre it's absurd. It's absurd that he's allowed to still do something like this. It's crazy. It's worth pointing out that I, I believe what got him thrown off the air was not the homophobia, which to me is offensive. No, it was the fact that he ta- they talked about something that was going on legally. They're, this is crazy. Jury. Yeah, I've just been familiarizing myself with this. I heard a bit about it when it was happening, but his producer was the foreman of a jury. Yeah. For a trial where a guy had assaulted a bunch of people in a gay bathhouse mm-hmm. and then came on the show afterwards and joked around about the trial that he had just been sitting on the jury, yeah. just been leading the jury on. And that is that is a type of speech that is illegal. Yes. He wasn't fired for being unfunny no. or for being homophobic. He was Which f- I think he should have been fired <laughs> right. for being unfunny. That seems like an <laughs> egregious error to me. I'm fine with him being back on the air if all he's doing is reading the weather and apologizing over and over again. 
and and he has to donate his uh, his income to some any organization other than his own bank account. I'd be cool with it then. I saw a parallel in his return to the airwaves and an essay you wrote about men in the media who are known yes. to be sexual abusers, harassers. Yeah, both. Right. Dep- depends on the day. <laughs> and I thought about that. In terms of if you're a woman in a, in a workplace, you're like, oh, that guy over there, everybody knows, including management, mm-hmm. sexually harasses women to be a homosexual working for uh, that sports radio station or for one two point one the edge being like, oh, yeah, that's OK. We tolerate that. That's something that just happens here. And what like just how gross that message is to tell people. Yeah, I that- mean. I, I, I can't speak to that specific circumstance. Like, I don't know who works for Dean or who will work for Dean or what, you know, the people on his staff think about that sort of behavior. I also don't know if he takes what he says on the radio and behaves like that privately. Because for all I know, he's a he's an asshole on air because he knows it's funny and, and he thinks it's clever. And then later he's really polite. I have my doubts that he's like that. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Whatever the case is, if I had a boss that went on that went public with that sort of speech and talked about anybody like that. I would not want to work with this person. So I know that he apologized. I get it. And obviously he apologized because he was let go. I don't think he would have had he been able to keep his job. So I don't think it's sincere at all. But now he gets another opportunity. And I am wholly uncomfortable with anybody being able to listen to this jackal and anybody working for him. I am uncomfortable with it as well. Do you think he shouldn't be allowed to? Like, like I think. Well, we're, we're, I can't. I can't stop him. I think that a private companies should think about this when they're hiring people. I think that, like, I you know, it's 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 boring already. It's like I would defend to the death his right. Like that type oh, of certainly, dumb yeah. homophobic joke has an audience. Well, Dean Blundell can start a fucking Twitter account and run his mouth as much as he wants. But, I think he had a podcast, and, and so he should continue <laughs> doing that away from a company that I have to have stuff with. They have my cell phone. I got to stay there. So, right, like, right. You know what I mean? Like he I should get be it. here on the internet with me, where all the people who right. can't get, yeah, where all of you children are fighting, <laughs> creating conflict. <laughs> Fine, and I'm not saying like you know we sh- i'm not blacklisting him we're talking about him right now but yeah i think but that- i mean as like for rogers as a company to hire that person they need to be prepared for this sort of a reaction like you're hiring somebody who was openly being homophobic yeah. on air and that's the last thing i can remember like i'm not too i don't listen to talk radio uh but I mean, at the very least, that's what he was. So that's his that's your best case. That's your best version of him. Maybe this is the silver lining on Canadian media consolidation, because <laughs> I, I think that, you know, like I say, if there's a market for that kind of speech and he's not breaking any of the laws around, like, yeah. you know, like telling people to go kill people or tampering with, you know, evidence in a trial. Like, yeah, that's fine. I think that companies probably shouldn't do that. But if there's a buck to be made, somebody would. However, in Canada, because we have massive companies owning all these radio stations, mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly appropriate to like say to them like, hey, what kind of a workplace are you creating when you put a guy like that on the air as yep. your talent? Would you accept that kind of talk if it was in the sales department of one of your sure. magazines? I mean, we'll see We'll see what happens when, I'm not sure if the show's premiered yet or not. I Again, I'm not paying attention to it, but like, should people listen to it? Yikes. Like, I'd be, I'd be really disappointed to see that it was doing well. I think it's interesting that, you know, what we're, Talking about here in the context of like kind of played out shock jock morning zoo fart sound radio the 90s all over again it's very (laughs) retrograde great um is 
all has this parallel in your world of literary. Like you is were, that my world? Hazlitt is in the offices of the Penguin Random House offices. Yes. Well, the Random House currently we're going to merge. Right. But I, I I do find more interesting the idea of like these secrets and like kind of known harassers. The back channels. Yeah. In the literary in Canada's literary circles. Yeah. I mean, I I. Don't tr- I wouldn't say that I'm really in that community. I'm much more in the Canadian journalism community because yeah. that's where I was sort of raised in. So that piece that I wrote for Hazlitt is, I mean, that can be applied to any community. I mean, I had a lot of women send me notes after that piece went up and they were like, well, I work in this industry and it's the same thing. And I'm like, well, of course it is. Like nobody would say that we are doing the worst at it. That it's just us and everybody else is fine and there are no accountants harassing anybody at their jobs. Of course there are. But maybe from at least from my perspective, it feels even worse knowing that it's happening in journalism because we're supposed to be talking about what's happening. We're supposed to be telling the truth. Mm -hmm. We're not. And we a lot of us can't because we feel like we we can't. We feel uncomfortable. I think that, yeah, maybe I'm operating from like. It's a silly presumption that this is where right thinking people who are genteel. It's total nonsense. I mean, it's the most aggressive men I've known have been uh, bookish, calm, sweet Mm -hmm. acting people. And then you give them one drink (laughs) and they want to fight. Because they're hiding it. Yeah. It's those are it's it's you. It's happened in those circles to me. But again, I work in those circles. All my friends are there. So that's a part of it. But it's not worse here than it is anywhere else. It's just happening. And we're talking about it because of what happened with Gian. Like that's that's why we're starting to talk about it, which is one one small good thing about that whole debacle. Do you feel like you would talk about who? No. Yeah. <laughs> Get your eyes. <laughs> No, I wouldn't because I don't I don't feel protected in that way either. Yeah. And trust me, like that piece went live and I had multiple men who had harassed me at different jobs post it, tweet it out, put it on Facebook and be like, look at this great piece that's talking about this small suit. And it drove me crazy. And then I was having other people contact me saying, I can't believe he did that. And I'm like, yeah, could somebody do something about this? Because I don't want to. So men who who you knew to be yeah. harassers were for saying. For either myself or for people that I knew. And they were pretending as if I'm going to post this and it will cure me of whatever guilt I may have. Do you think that that's why they applauded you for it and reposted it? Or do you think that they. I don't think they're thinking. I don't no, think No, but they do know. you think that they don't know that they themselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they know. Yeah. And so then I I spent a lot of time being conflicted about, like, well, should I just send them a note and explain to them, like, maybe don't do that for the following reasons? Or do I leave it alone? I don't want to put myself in any more compromised position. Yeah. So why, you know, I don't, I I would, I would like to save somebody else the trouble, but where does that put me? I'm, I'm 23. I am not, I'm 23. I'm a child. I'm a talking ultrasound. I'm pretty new. I'm not that established. I'm not comfortable burning bridges like that yet. So until I can feel like I can do that, yeah. I have to wait for somebody else to sort of take care of it. You know, I, I, those kind of early weeks after the Gameshi story broke and people were like, wow, we've changed the way we're talking about this. I felt like. We like, haven't, by the way. <laughs> I know. Like I felt like the happiest um, butterfly to ever flap its wings. And like I, if all the horror, horrific outcomes that I thought might have happened for pursuing that story, 
making it easier for women to discuss sexual harassment and assault was not something I ever anticipated would have happened. And I thought, is that actually, like, I take no credit for it, but is that actually the outcome? Let's yeah. wait for the dust to settle. And it feels like a, a bit of time has gone by. And it's interesting to hear you talk about this. It feels like something has changed, but nothing has changed. Yeah. I mean, I think in the immediate aftermath, sure, we were all ready to talk about it because we kind of had to. And it was crazy. And And again, we were talking about one of the most extreme cases. Like what you found out and what's coming out in the courts is very extreme. So we're not talking about that low-level frequency harassment that you can get at an office where you have a boss who just talks to you like you can't do anything because you're a female or somebody who hits on you and you don't know how to handle it. It's it's quieter and it's not as loud and it's not as aggressive, but it totally fucks you up. I mean, I would love if what happened with Gian was like a big moment for all of us and we were turning a corner and now we were going to talk about it forever, but we won't where we're not talking about it that much anymore. It's, got, it's getting quieter and quieter, and eventually we will go back to what we're doing unless we keep doing this. That's a title Winnipeg does not want, the most racist city in Canada. McLean's magazine devoted its cover to what it calls a festering race problem, zeroing in on the divide between First Nations and non-First Nations. The cover line in large type reads, They call me a squaw. Or tell me to go back to the res. I do not want to be racism's cover girl. I am far from the angry Indian complaining about being hard done by. And Winnipeg is far from the place described in that story. Nobody has a monopoly on racism. It exists everywhere. And for them to say that our city has got more racist than any other, I'd like to know what it's based on. I I have to say, like, the response to the McLean story, so... The McLean story, Winnipeg's the most racist city in Canada. Which is, uh, admittedly, impossible to calculate. It's not calculable. It's an opinion. Yeah, it's impossible but, to make that assertion and, and be right. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but you know, it, this is what, like, people always, like, their monocles fall out whenever McLean's does a big, bold assertion. And I defend them in every instance right. for a couple of reasons. Like, one is which they're, when, al- they're allowed to assert an opinion— yeah. What other big assertions have they made? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, it was a very similar case when they said that Quebec is the most corrupt province. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Like, so, yeah, there is no official corruptometer, <laughs> but Quebec is totally the most corrupt province. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. And I don't know what the racism meter is, but Winnipeg is a very racist city. So I, I feel like trying to get people to engage with these issues and care about something requires – and I know this is a self-interested thing for me to say, but like, yeah, it's sensationalistic because this is sensational. It is it is important. It is urgent when you're trying to get people to talk about it and read about it. So, yeah, like I I, I, I think it's babyish to, you know, they should have read a Babyish. They're babies. Oh but like they should have just had a very dry list of facts. I don't think anybody was saying they should have a dry list of facts. I think they were saying that putting on the cover of a national magazine that Winnipeg is the most racist city in the country is like we were talking before is dumb. It's not because it it's not it can't be true. It's impossible to be right about that. And yeah, I get it. You're sort of stating an opinion, but the piece accompanying that cover 
is not an opinion piece. Nancy was doing incredible research and talking to people there and finding out what was going on and talking to people in the Aboriginal community. It's not really an it's a feature. It's a reported feature. And there's a lot of stats in that. So, like, of course, people are going to get irritated with the cover. I'm not saying that I'm listen, Winnipeg has plenty of problems, but there are a number of hubs in Canada that are so mired in racism that nobody knows about. We don't talk about it because we don't really like discussing it, but they're everywhere. They're all over the place. It's impossible to say that this one is the worst one. How do you know? It is possible, and they did it. It's and- not. No, you can't. You well, no, you're right. You can say it, but you can be wrong. <laughs> you probably might might be. Yeah, I think you're not right or wrong. You're just persuasive, or <sighs> you're reasonable or unreasonable. You're persuasive well, it's or otherwise. I mean, I I, the, I I liked the piece. I thought it was good, and I also thought. What's it, your headline I, for that piece? <laughs> Things are terrible everywhere. So read this one about another place that's terrible. No, I'm not buying that. I don't write display copy. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it was good. And what I, what I liked about it is that they put a, a woman of color on the cover and they talked about an issue that I wanted to read about and that I think is important. That, to me, is what I what I was taking away from the piece. Well, that's The awesome. headline's annoying. And, I agree. And she herself, Rosanna Deerchild, like distanced herself. I don't want to be racism's cover girl. It's like, what? Well, who does? I can agree with that. I wouldn't want to be next to that cover line either, but I still, but I, when I looked at it, I thought, well, they put her on, they put a woman of color on the cover talking about Aboriginal issues, which they don't do. Nobody really Nobody does that Nobody talks about racism in Canada. To right. put on the cover of claims is awesome. I get, like, I get it. That headline is used to make people pick up the magazine. And it worked because what we're talking about is a headline and less so the content, which is frustrating because the content is bleak. I, like it's it, it kind of buries the lead a little bit. Yeah. You kind of you get distracted by like this one sentence, which, again, I don't agree with because I don't think you can make that assertion. Well, people don't realize that we don't write our own headlines in most right. instances. And I'm not I don't blame the writer at all. Well, I, And in fact, you know, the, the response in Winnipeg, like Nancy McDonald was sort of like McLean's kind of threw her out there to defend her piece on. Is she is she in Winnipeg? Does she live there? I'm not. I'm legitimately asking you. I don't know. I just read a Winnipeg Sun piece where they, you know, put her feet to the fire uh, to prove that Winnipeg was the most racist, city. and she was sort of defending her editor's headline. You know, right? Um, Which is not fair. I didn't think so, but I also really resented, like, getting back to the Quebec as the most corrupt province, or even Jan Wong saying that you know there were uh, there's racism that might have influenced all of these mass killings. Right. Yeah. And and the. Reflexive knee-jerk reaction in Canada is, has been to vilify the journalists and to say, we're not the most racist city in Canada. Take it back. We're not the most corrupt province in Canada. Take it back. We're not. There, there's no racism contributing to uh, these, these killings. Take it back to the level where even the prime minister was calling out. Uh, Jan Wong, yeah. and, you know, and like it actually gets to this level of like mass outrage. It's like, why undermine and undercut the fact that somebody has pointed out endemic racism? And you're like, I don't feel as a Torontonian any kind of defensiveness. If, somebody, if, if that actual that specific charge were levied against Toronto, Toronto is the most racist city in Canada. I don't think I would, I would feel very defensive on the part of Toronto to argue that. It, no, it's not. I would want to know how well, they got I might, there. I might be defensive about you, that. Well, yeah, but that's just because I've been raised in another place. And so I have definitive proof. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what do you mean? I can, I can like, tell no, you no, for no, sure that that's not true. I'm like, no, no, trust me. I've lived other places. This is not 
possible. You wouldn't be. But sp- however, I'm yeah. sure there are other people who ha- were raised here and were like, "Yeah, it's bad." For all, like, for all I know. But that's why you can't make those statements. But why in terms shut it of, down? Yeah. Why shut it down? Why shut down the conversation? What? What? Why? Sh- like, why should someone shut down if somebody says, "I want to talk about the racism in your city"? I didn't I didn't hear anybody when that piece came out. Nobody that I heard was trying to shut down talking about racism in Canada. What they were actually what I heard from the people that I talked to was what they were saying is, yeah, this is happening in a lot of places. It's good. We're talking about this one place. Let's talk about all of the other places it's happening. That's what I heard. So I don't it's know so who your Canadian friends and are. Dull, though. Like, oh my god, it's boring to you that people are talking about this being everywhere. Yes, interesting. That's things, boring to you. Interesting things are specific. Interesting things are. Well, unfortunately, this is both specific and broad. Tough shit, buddy. You got to <laughs> deal with it sometimes. Like this is how it is. I know it would be nice if Winnipeg was this like one corner of this of the country where everybody was the worst and it was the only place that racism is and it was the only place we had to fix and it had all these identifiable problems that we could pick out and then we could fix it. But that's not true. You can't just you can't say one place is worse than the other cuz I don't know your experience. So for me being raised as a brown girl in Calgary was very difficult, but I don't know what it was like being raised as Ukrainian in Calgary because that can also be really difficult. I don't know what it's like being raised Chinese there. They have a huge Chinese community, but I don't know what that does for you there. And I don't know what it's like to be raised brown in Toronto. I've heard that it was okay, but for all I know, it wasn't. Like, I can't I can't tell you that this is what it is. And that's probably why everybody's getting irritated because they read that headline. They're like, well, I know someplace that's worse. I had this issue when I wrote that piece for Maisonneuve that everybody got upset because they were asking me why I didn't talk about First Nations in Calgary. And I said, well, the piece is specifically about South Asians Uh in Calgary because I cannot speak to any other experience. Also, you hate indigenous people. Oh, I just. Yeah, exactly. That was the was actually in the deck. I'm glad you brought that up. But I can't do that. And but of but there's always going to be a fight about it. Why didn't you talk about them? Why didn't you talk about everybody? Why are you being too specific or too broad? This is a dumb fight. (laughs) I know you find it uninteresting, apparently, but sometimes you have to go broad. So what's the what's the story then? The story is what she wrote. Read it. (laughs) Go read the story. Stop reading. Just tear the cover off if you can't deal with it and read what she wrote. I did read the story. And and, and, you You didn't like it. No, I I liked it as, you know, uh, for what it is, which is worth saying, which is and it's the same criteria by which people tore it down, which is what you essentially have here is a series of anecdotes and then kind of generalizations about the prairies themselves as a uh, and right. that's valid and fine by yeah. me. Okay. That's okay by me because we're because you're talking about something that that cannot be mathematically quantified. Mm-hmm. And so it is social studies and it is about anecdotes and that is a totally legitimate way to 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 approach it. However, the moral of today's episode for uh. Jesse <laughs> Is that the hyperbole with which you sell your content in order to get people to engage in your content yeah. mm-hmm. may ultimately subtract from the message? Which of your is content. what I think happened. If I had read that piece with a, with different display, I'm so tired of yelling at you. <laughs> I can feel it in my throat. We met 30 minutes. I ago. know you're exhausting. You make me so mad. If that piece had different display copy, I think people would have reacted very differently to it. I don't think it was necessarily – I don't want to say that it was wrong to put it down because it really does make people look at your stuff. Like if baiting people like that didn't work, people would not do it. But it works. Everybody wanted to look at it. And great because you should read that piece. You should read that piece that talks about Aboriginal issues in a part of the country that we do not talk about 
about people we don't talk about, about issues we don't talk about. You should read that piece. Just don't look at the cover if it makes you so mad. I'll let you go home. And when you think of the better headline for that is both. Yeah. You're the first thing on my list. (laughs) I have all these other things to do. But the first thing I got to write a cut line for Jesse later. For McLean's. For McLean's. For a publication I don't work for. For an issue that's already gone to press. Precisely. All right. Great. Thank you very much, Sachi. I hate you. Okay, that was Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you liked it. You can always email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at jessebrown. Sachi, where are you? I'm at Sachi, S-C-A-A-C-H-I. Doesn't make any sense, but you'll find it. The website is canadalandshow.com, and the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Andrew Norton, and the next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. If you like this show, support it. I accept your apology on behalf of all Canadians. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.